This is a Federal News Network podcast. Affected companies, and that's thousands of them, are still assessing rules that came out in September for the Defense Department's Cybersecurity Maturity Model Certification Program. And they're weighing in with comments to DOD. Among them, a group of groups known as the Council of Defense and Space Industry Associations. Here with some of their concerns, the Assistant Vice President for National Security Policy at the Aerospace Industries Association, Jason Tim. Mr. Tim, good to have you on. Thanks, Tom. Appreciate you having me. All right. These rules for what the government can do with respect to contractors and what contractors have to do with themselves to reach that cybersecurity maturity model and to be certified in it. Are your main concerns about what the government can do to contractors or what contractors have to do for themselves? I think a lot of it has to do with the process for which all of this plays out. You know, this came out as an interim rule. We were actually expecting it to come out as a proposed rule initially. But with this interim rule, it's really a bridge between the current or the previous way of doing uh, cybersecurity within contracting for the government, uh, and that's the DFARS contract clause dash 7012, the 252.204-7012, called Safeguarding Covered Defense Information and Cyber Incident Reporting. With the new cybersecurity maturity model certification, or what we call now CMMC, this interim rule moves us along the implementation path of CMMC by allowing DOD to know more about the defense industrial base and ensure that they're progressing on their cyber journey. Because CMMC is phased over a five-year period, the DOD added requirements related to the submittal of contractor self-assessment scores into their existing system called the Supplier Performance Risk System. We just call it SPURS. That's a system that's been in existence for quite some time. The DOD uses it to identify, assess, and monitor supplier performance, uh, unclassified performance. For these companies that have this DASH 7012 requirement in the contracts, and most importantly, this is the, the kicker here, receive, process, store, or generate covered defense information, CDI, now more commonly referred to as DOD-controlled unclassified information, or DODCUI, these contracts will eventually be modified to add two additional requirements contained in the interim rule, clauses 7019 and 7020, which direct industry to perform a self-assessment using the DOD's assessment methodology. The results of these assessments are scores generated using the DOD's rubric that are then entered into SPRS or SPURS. The rule also enables DCMA's Defense Industrial Based Cybersecurity Assessment Center, or DIBCAC, to perform reviews on contractor systems that store, process, or generate CUI. All right, so there's a lot of process here on the government's part and on the contractor's part. What are your big concerns with some of this process? Yeah, you're right. There's a lot of process here. One of the hardest parts is that for contractors that do not receive, process, or store, or even generate CUI, there's a feeling that there's a requirement there for them to actually do this self-assessment according to this new interim rule and upload these scores into the DOD SPURS system. And that's just not true. Uh, the two go hand in hand from a standpoint of you have to be given the requirement to follow this interim rule as well as receive, process, store, or generate the CUI in order to do this. So that's a concern that in a lot of industry, a lot of smaller companies who do not process CUI are feeling like they need to go forth and spend the time and resources in doing this self-assessment and uploading these scores. In addition, you know, they've got the level four and five of CMMC, which is based on the, the NIST special publication 800-172. Some of the issue there is that four and five is, again, almost like a checklist, whereas the NIST special publication 172 was built for more of a risk-based methodology, risk management standpoint. And so we're asking the government to look at levels four and five and allow industry to kind of do uh, flex in, you know, those controls that they think that they need to do in order to 
protect them against the advanced persistent threats. Sure, because in some cases, companies might be handling data that is above the CUI level. And so they should have a higher standard, perhaps, and maybe a more expensive one than those that either don't have either CUI or just do CUI. Is that a good way to put it? Yeah, in a way. I think, you know, CUI, the important thing there is it's unclassified. So it's important, sensitive, unclassified information. Really, anything above unclassified, you get into what they call the high side or the classified items. And when you get into the classified side, there's a whole other aspect of regulations that go along with that following the National Industrial Security Program. So, you know, what we're talking about here is from the more sensitive stuff is sensitive technologies that in and of themselves aren't necessarily classified, but they're sensitive to the point where as you piece unclassified information together, there's a possibility of actually generating something that could actually be classified. I imagine that's a big concern of AIA members because they are the aerospace companies that are doing so much of this high-level contracting, correct? I would say not just AIA. It's a concern across the entire aerospace and defense industry. You know, sure. AIA is just one of eight members of CODSIA. So everybody across the entire aerospace and defense industry is concerned with that, you know, protection of not just DOD information, but protection of their own, you know, proprietary data that goes into building items for the DOD. We're speaking with Jason Tim. He's the Assistant Vice President for National Security Policy at the Aerospace Industries Association. And the concerns of CODSIA also have to do with reciprocity and the cloud and so forth, and whether someone is authorized under the FedRAMP program, is there any way that can maybe be used for the CMMC program? Tell us more about those concerns. Oh, sure. The word reciprocity, as you search through the interim rule, you will not find that word in there. But it is referred to in a small paragraph, but it basically stipulates that the CMMC assessment, this interim rule, and any CMMC assessment in the future as folks go towards their certification levels in CMMC will not duplicate efforts from any other comparable DOD assessment. So that's the key within CMMC, will not duplicate other DOD comparable assessments. Well, a FedRAMP assessment is not a DOD assessment or a certification. Same thing with ISO and others. So we put forward to the government that, hey, we really think that You know, to truly facilitate reciprocity across uh, from CMMC to other aspects, that that maturity levels within CMMC must be clearly mapped to existing cybersecurity controls and frameworks, such as ISO and FedRAMP. Now, from a FedRAMP standpoint, FedRAMP actually takes care of only a subset of controls from what's shown in the NIST 171, the NIST SP800-171, which is the basis, really, of most of the controls within the CMMC between levels one and three. And as you submit these concerns to the government, to the CMMC program office, are you getting the sense that they're listening? Oh, sure. Since day one of CMMC coming online early last year, the government has been very open, has worked well with industry, let me put it that way. We've been involved, like I said, since day one, and not just industry companies or associations involved with working with the DOD, but also academia. The CMMC, the Cybersecurity Maturity Model Certification, was not built in a vacuum This was something that a lot of folks had hands in from chief information security officers for a lot of the big primes uh, and and other other companies were involved in the methodology moving forward and how the model was built. Uh, And then, of course, as that started playing out last year, we on the association side started working with the government, started talking to them about how do you plan to implement this? Are you going to modify the DFARS, you know, to add this in for contract clause and so forth? Because we saw it coming down the road, knowing that there's the 7012 clause that implements the uh, Dash 171 from the NIST. And so we started looking at, okay, how is CMMC going to be implemented into defense contracting? And when the interim rule came out, and it was determined that it was going to be a five-year implementation period. 
that gave us a, a better understanding of where the government was going with this. Now, of course, there's always issues in implementation, and so that's why you know there's a comment period to this current interim rule. We provided comments, AIA and other trade associations involved provided comments as well as individuals, but then we also provided comments through our CODSIA connection as well. And now the first of the, I guess, trial balloon contracts have been issued by DOD that have the CMMC in them as a requirement. I guess you're going to spend the rest of the Christmas season reading those contracts and see how it all plays out? Yeah, you know, perfect timing with with everything here. Yesterday, the DOD announced uh, the first round of uh, CMMC pilots. We've been waiting for information from the government for what these programs were going to be. Prior to these pilots, the DOD was running pathfinders within the DOD looking at how would implementing CMMC on a contract work and kind of running through what-if scenarios and kind of planning that out or wargaming that out, if you will. Now these pilots will actually have the requirement in a contract. The the contractor will need to go through a a CMMC review and have to be certified then against a CMMC level, ultimately level three, in order to be able to process, uh, generate, and so forth, CUI. So as these contracts start coming out and our members who will be the owners of those contracts on the industry side, yeah, we'll start understanding, you know, what their struggles were and the process moving forward through, you know, from the review to certification and then into contract award. Ultimately, you know, the contract will not be awarded until that contractor actually attains that level of certification within CMMC. And the DOD is doing this five-year ramp up of CMMC in order to not hit the marketplace so hard with tens of thousands of contractors looking to get certified to the various levels of CMMC. So a slower ramp up will help generate a better idea of how this is going to be executed once it comes online 100 percent in FY26. Jason Tim is the Assistant Vice President for National Security Policy at the Aerospace Industries Association. Thanks so much for joining me. Thanks, Tom. I really appreciate it. Helping your employees learn new cloud skills helps your business become more agile, more resilient, and more secure. Not helping employees learn new cloud skills causes your business to become less agile, less resilient, less secure, less innovative, less profitable, and, well, ultimately less of a business. Don't become less of a business. Try Pluralsight and get your employees everything they need to learn new cloud skills. Learn more at Pluralsight.com vision. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus, and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit LiveXLive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.